0: Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs.
1: The Danny Mac Show with BK, podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. monday edition of the danny Mac show with bk tanner hendrickson our producer and welcome in on 101 espn the snow is falling uh the roads on the way in here to work were not great so everybody that's driving around town please be safe please be careful take your time Uh, BK, good morning to you. We had a full weekend of sports. We had a little golf. We had a little hockey. I was about to say full weekend of sports. It was the first weekend in no football.
2: Six months with no football. This sucked. Are you okay? I, I was really having withdrawals yesterday. I'm going to be honest with you, Dan. Um, What is wrong with you? You've got to change seasons, baby. I know. And certainly looking outside, I'm well aware of that. (laughs) Um, On Saturday, I got to watch Mizzou get its butt kicked, which also was less Mm. than ideal. Yeah. Um, Yeah, not not a great weekend for sports for me, Dan, but 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 we did get the blues and they had a nice victory.
1: They did have a nice nice victory. By the way, Mizzou last check i saw they would be a four seed i was looking at some of the experts that do these things they had their
2: first mock yeah tournament preview and they came in as a four seed that was before
1: saturday when they lost that game but neither here nor there as of today four seed that's what i'm going with i'll take it uh i've seen on like joe lenardi stuff slew his first four out then i've seen first four in um i think if they They got screwed with this covid stuff they did man they're Top 25 team, didn't leave the top 25 for about a month when they were stricken with COVID. But I think what you're starting to see is that they're getting their legs back, finally. So starting to become the team that we all hope that they can be. Um, want to talk a little bit about the Blues here first. And this is Barry Melrose. And the Blues, you, know, you think about what's going on here, BK. This is the seventh time the Blues will face the Coyotes. And it's not like, well, we saw them in October and then, in, no, this is like seven in a row. Uh, it's getting a little monotonous. And Barry Melrose of ESPN talked about how the NHL is handling the COVID situation. I just think you're basically praying that uh, it doesn't get any worse than it is right now. When you can't even make your lineup up until the next morning after your team's been tested. And and guys you think are healthy aren't. And, and it's crazy. It's just crazy. And and uh, But I, I think I'll give you the old... It's a level playing field. Every team is doing the same thing. Every medical staff is doing the same thing uh, than than every other team. So it's a, it's a level playing field, and whichever team gets lucky or does things a little bit better than the opposition or stays healthy a little bit better than other teams, those are the teams that that have a great shot at doing some damage in the playoffs. I thought something that you said there was key. you got to stay healthy. And the Blues, for the most part, BK, have been – Uh, Virus free, at least for the first go around here. And I don't know about you. I wake up every morning and I I hate saying it like this, but I just, I kind of wake up ready for something to hit the blues. I mean, they're one of the last teams, if not the last team in the NHL that hasn't lost anybody yet. It just seems like it's a matter of time.
2: Yeah. And of course there's going to be some inequities, right? Like we, we knew that we signed up for that whenever we decided to play sports through a pandemic, just like we were talking about with Slu, It sucks. What happened to them? It's brutal. And it is unfair in a lot of ways that they have had to deal with COVID in a way that most other college programs have not this season. The same was always going to be the case in hockey. And it's what happened to the Cardinals this year. It hits some teams worse than others. And when it does, You've got to have a lot of other dudes that step up. You've got to find a way back onto the ice whenever you can finally play again and reach your best game. It's hard, and it's why what the Cardinals did this year was so impressive, because they found a way, despite all of those things that went against them, they found a way to still reach the playoffs. But yeah, to Barry Melrose's point, this is going to be tough for everybody. Yep. Thankfully, fingers crossed, hopefully it stays this way. The Blues haven't been hit by it yet, and hopefully it stays that
1: way. Some baseball news. Uh, let's see. Justin Turner re-signs with the Dodgers. I don't think it's overly surprising that he goes back to L.A. I think the the main part of that was, as I say, that could L.A. afford him? Yes, they can afford him. But their payroll now is two hundred and sixty. dollars million dollars. So they gave him a 2 year what is it $30 million deal. Now BK um this is where it gets kind of interesting. <laughs> this is where it gets really interesting looking this up. So the payroll right now is more than the just hear me out on this. Orioles, Marlins, Rays, Indians, Pirates combined that is their payroll, two hundred sixty million dollars. So they're well over the luxury tax. They're about sixty million ahead of anybody else in the game, and they are loaded. Uh, they should be awesome this year. They should be awesome and probably the team to beat. They're six million
2: dollars behind their highest payroll ever, which is the highest payroll ever. The twenty fifteen Dodgers went into opening day with a two hundred sixty six million dollar payroll. This team is now better than that team. That team was in the middle of, like, spending to be able to recoup some prospects, those sorts of things that were basically buying prospects at the time. This team is about as good as any collection of talent I've ever seen in baseball, Dan. I mean, you can go back to those late 90s Yankees, and I'm talking kind of modern, not the Babe Ruth era of the Yankees, but I don't know how teams can plan to beat this one. Now, you could... Anything can happen in October. We know that. But on paper, it's going to be damn tough to be able to compete with these guys. Jim Bowden of MLB
1: Network Radio.
0: I think on paper, this is the best team. I mean, I look at their rotation. I'll take their rotation over any team in baseball right now. When you run out there, Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, Urias, Price, Gonsolin, May. I'm seven deep. That's crazy. I'm seven deep in strength in the prime. Uh, The lineup has defense. It's got power. It's got speed. They've got the manager. They've got the front office. They're the best team in the sport for me, and it's kind of clear.
1: Kind of clear. Yeah, it's really clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you have Trevor Bauer at forty million this year, forty five next year, and he's maybe your number three, you're pretty darn good. Now the Padres would say, "Well, hold on. Now we've had a pretty good off season. You, Darvish, Blake Snell, Hasan Kim." Joe Musgrove, formerly of the Pirates, Mark Melanson, Victor Caratini, and Keone Kella. They uh, just made that uh, move in the last 24 hours. It's not official yet, but that bolsters their bullpen. Those are, in my opinion, those are the two best teams right now going into this season. Again, we'll see how it plays out, but right now they're the two best teams in the National League.
2: So the best regular season we've seen, Dan, was 2001, the Mariners. They won 116 games in the regular season. What are the odds that this Dodgers team can... Go above that.
1: Do you think that they have what it takes to be able to go above 116? It's going to be tough, and I would say in a normal season, non-COVID year. Good point. um Yes, I think they'd have a better shot. I, I know fans don't want to hear this, but the the rigors of testing every day and the things that you're doing without crowd, it's hard to stay up and motivated those kind of things i could see that happening also you got to face the padres 18 times 17 Mm -hmm. 18 times maybe you split those games maybe you win them all you're not gonna win them all but you know what i'm saying i mean you you get on fire and it's baseball man it's weird but in terms of position by position by position and looking at where they're at man they're loaded they are absolutely loaded. There's no other way to look at it.
2: They've got everything you could possibly ask for yeah. from a team. I mean, their rotation, as you just heard there from Jim Bowden of MLB Network Radio, is incredible. Their bullpen is really good, and their lineup from basically one to seven. And you might even be able to go one through nine with it. Yep. Is about as deep as you could possibly get in the modern era of baseball they're really really good you uh, you made a really good point about this being a difficult season to do that but in a normal year i think they might be able to compete for 116 usa today put together their projections for wins earlier today dan yep they've got la at 105 wins Mm -hmm. they've got the padres at 95 wins do you see where they had the cardinals
1: Cardinals were up a little bit compared to others. I liked it. I like USA Today a little more than Dakota right now. They've got the Cardinals
2: winning 90 games, Milwaukee coming in second in the division at 83 wins.
1: I think with Milwaukee not getting Justin Turner, that's a blow for them. They kind of lay in the weeds and they do things late in off seasons a lot of times. Now, there are players that are out there to fill maybe that third base spot. Maybe they don't do it, but... He, to me, would have been a difference maker and a factor for them this year and really would have helped them. Again, they, they still have some really good guys coming back. Kane, Yelich off an awful year. They signed Wong. Uh, their, their rotation could be okay. Uh, Dynamite qu- back into the bullpen. Dynamite. Maybe the best one, two in, in baseball in Hayter and Williams. So it's going to be fun. That, that part's going to be fun. And then you have the Pirates, and they are going to be awful. I mean, it's going to be a bad team, man. Did you see they were going to, if you would have projected out last year, they would have had like 50 or 51 wins. Yeah. Total. I, I
2: wouldn't be surprised if they're around that again this year. And they haven't Maybe improved.
1: They've, they've traded Musgrove. You traded Josh Bell. Now you do have a great third baseman. I love their third baseman. I think this kid's a stud. Outside of that, it's bad, man. Really bad. There's no other way to look at it. I mean, they, they haven't done anything. And their payroll, I think, is like $40 million. I mean, BK, that's, that's not good. Did you hear Jeff Hartlieb on the uh, morning show earlier I did not, today? No. So I
2: thought there was a great quote from him where they asked him, you know, what's, what's the expectations going into the season for the pirates, blah, blah, He's like, you know, anything can happen. Was it was essentially summing up his, anything can happen. His, uh, his answer, Dan, it's, it's February. Yeah. If you're giving an anything can happen answer in mid February about the baseball season, you know how long this season can get. And if you're in that kind of a clubhouse, come August, September, mm. oh, it can get rough. Yeah, that end of year could be really tough for the Pirates.
1: We'll talk more about that with uh, BK coming up next segment. We'll take a look at some of the question marks going into spring training, which kicks off on Wednesday for the Cardinals. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Pitching, pitching, can't have enough of it, especially going into 2021. Mike Claiborne was a guest of BK the other day and talked about what could be a strong suit for the Cardinals or bullpen.
0: This is the one year where you don't write anybody's name in ink because you've got so many candidates that are going to vie not only for starting positions, but I think this bullpen might be as loaded as anything I've ever seen as far as guys who have big league experience and have shown they are ready to take
1: that next step. Giovanni Gallegos, Andrew Miller, uh, you got Henesis Cabrera, Tyler Webb, Ryan Helsley, Alex Reyes, Carlos Martinez maybe. Depth, that's what the Cardinals do have. And I wonder in the rankings for USA Today if that was somebody actually taking a look beyond the numbers and saying – Who's got depth right now? Well, the Cardinals have pretty good depth. Again, it's got to come together and see how it all plays out in spring training and roles somewhat may get defined in that time period. But this is a strong suit for the Cardinals, undoubtedly.
2: Dan, Dan, one thing that I'm curious about from your perspective is how the Cardinals are going to go about maximizing these pitchers. So, what I mean by that is you're going to have some guys that are sent down to AAA. Like Johan Oviedo, for example, probably ends up in the rotation in AAA as opposed to in the bullpen in the majors but how how do you do this if you're the cardinals making sure that you get the most out of these guys both for the here
1: and now but also setting themselves up for success in 2022 and beyond let's think on paper as we talk as the snow is falling we got nine inches maybe coming so we got plenty of time to get into this but um i would say your rotation potentially could be at triple a and i'm not sure they would make this jump with libertor and thompson right away but if that's the only baseball being played yeah you got to do it Then you got Jake Woodford, you got Oviedo, and probably somebody else that I'm missing. But that's four of the five guys, potentially. I think what's going to be fascinating is we talk about the now in spring training. BK, you've got all these guys. You've asked them to get stretched out, which they probably have done, meaning Carlos Martinez, Alex Reyes. Henesis Cabrera could be a starter at some point in his career. You don't know. Maybe it's this year. I don't think so, but I'm just throwing it out there. They probably have told him to get stretched out. Ryan Helsley, throw multiple innings. Probably not a starter, but get stretched out. As you go into 2021, you have 24 games this spring training. 24. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of off days because they're trying to stay within a 40-mile radius and not travel to the other side of the state. So you're going to play the Mets. You're going to play the Nationals. You're going to play the Astros. You're going to play the Marlins. You got 24. 24 games. Well, in my mind, you better be setting up a bunch of A games and B games and simulated games I think that's going to be the challenge of just the immediacy of right now. We can get into the long term here in a second, but the immediacy of spring training is how am I going to find, if I'm Mike Schilt, Mike Maddox, John Mosaloc, Michael Gersh, how am I going to find innings this spring training to find out what I have? And are these guys going to be stretched out enough once I get into the season? That is one of the battles that you have right now with just 24 games.
2: I'm really interested to see how they do this. So let's go through this real quick, Dan. Um, You're starting five or the guys that are – These five guys, for example, are are guaranteed to be on the big league roster throughout the season. Flaherty, KK, Michaelis, Wayno, Carlos. We agree on that. All five of those guys throughout the regular season will be on the big league team. They're not going down to AAA at any point. The guys that I think will be on the big league roster, at least in the bullpen, throughout much of, if not all, of the regular season. Cabrera, Gallegos, Gantz, Hicks, Miller, Ponce, Reyes. Cabrera, Gallegos, Gant, Hicks, Miller, Ponce Reyes. Is mm-hmm. Ponce? Do you think Ponce is guaranteed to be in the big leagues all year? He would I, be the only one that I ha- I was hesitant on. The rest of those six, I think, are guarantees.
1: That was the only one I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, was Ponce maybe just because of a numbers game, and you want to, you know, sometimes it's unfortunate for players where they, if they were on lesser teams, they're in a they're in a major league rotation, but sometimes as an organization to make sure that you're protecting yourself. You send those guys to AAA and say, continue to start, be sure. on the fifth day. And it's unfortunate for the player because he's not getting service time. He's not getting his big league money, that kind of thing. Um, but that's just the numbers game that's played. So it that, happens. So that means
2: guys that'll be in AAA that could potentially impact your uh, bullpen at any point during the season. Oviedo would be one, Whitley, Helsley, those three guys. You've got Rondone, you've got Webb. Um, you've got Fernandez. I mean, yeah. that's that's a bunch of dudes that could be doing that I fifty five corridor going Elledge. up and down. Ellidge as well. So you say Ponce may not be on the roster. He's out of options. So do you think Is he for sure? According to what I'm looking at, he's out of options. So does that mean you think he definitely makes the roster? Yes. Yeah, he's not. I mean, yeah. you're not designating no. him for assignment for nothing. So that I mean that that means that they have a little less flexibility. You, maybe you see Cabrera going up and down. Good. You know, I, I I know that sounds strange to fans, but you're going to get at a point in time where you need that flexibility. And if he's the only guy that can be sent down and you've got seven dudes that we just rattled off there, there's a roster crunch here yep. a little bit. And eventually it's about the numbers as much as it is. Who's the best
1: guy? Webb is out of options as well. So that's wow. another one. So he stays up. Um, you know, Andrew Miller ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Interesting with Hicks. You know, how do you start with him? Where do you want to start him? Um, I don't pencil him in as being my everyday closer right away out of health concerns with that. I think you'd want to ease him back in that role. Uh, John Gant, out of options. So, I mean, you've got, you got some guys there that you look at and you say, uh-oh, hey, we have a numbers cr-. It's a good thing, too. I mean, these are good pitchers. These are guys that yeah. can help you. So. But yeah, they're going to, no question, BK, they're going to have to get creative with some of these guys, for sure.
2: I think it's going to be one of the things, massaging this roster throughout the season. And I know there, there will be IL stints, there will be injuries, there will be COVID situations, hopefully not many, but look, potentially, we know, we know how this works, right? We've seen it for a season. Now, there are going to be things that come up that are unforeseen, and that will open up some opportunities for guys that hopefully take advantage of them. But because the Cardinals have so many arms, and this is why we've been talking about it so much, Dan, they have answers when those
1: obstacles arrive. The other thing, too, is sometimes when they've been at a numbers crunch like this, not just with the Cardinals, but even with other teams, is that if a player emerges in spring training and is just outpitched everybody else, but he's got options and you're saying that guy that he's competing against doesn't have options, sometimes you trade him. That's how you free things up, too. You do you do the, the player a favor, and you do yourself a favor, too, by loosening up the restrictions and what you have available. Now, I would think you want to be really careful about trading any kind of pitching this year. Just because, again, 2021, man, you're going to need it. You know, the guys were throwing 50 innings last year. So how many innings can they throw this year? It will be a big question. Also, some teams are already on record as saying they're going to piggyback or they're going to go into six-man rotation. So... Pitching is going to be at a premium more so this year than maybe any other year in baseball.
2: I wanted to ask you, speaking of pitching, about Jack Flaherty. Because over the weekend, and I know we'll get to our guy uh, Anthony Castrovince here in just a little bit. He wrote about the most underrated players in baseball. He had Paul DeYoung on that list. Saw that. But a guy who might be one of the best players in baseball is Jack Flaherty. And he won his arbitration case against the Cardinals over the weekend. It was the first time that the Cardinals have lost one of these cases in about 25 years. Yep. What would you make of him winning this case, first of all, and then second of all, the reaction that he had on Twitter where he posted the Jordan meme saying, I took that personally?
1: Um, I, I First of all, <clears throat> I think the arbitration cases, unfortunately, the player has got to be present and you hear the team say, they say. I remember talking to Michael Walker one time, he went to arbitration and I he remember said, that,
2: yeah. it was one of the first ones they had had in a while.
1: Yeah. And he said, man, Dan, he said... That was uncomfortable, you know, I mean, because you love the guy, right? You, you still, you wouldn't be giving him millions of dollars unless, you know, it might be $5 million as opposed to $6 million or whatever the case is. You still like the guy because he's a part of your team and you expect him to be a big part of it, but it's uncomfortable listening to them make their case. Um, I, I didn't make much of it, PK, to be quite honest with you. Now, I here's what I would say. You got your money. Cardinals settled up. Everybody's fine with it. Just go play. Go pitch, go play. This is a big year for him. He's got three years of control uh, for the club. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. He got an upcoming CBA, which I find fascinating. But how does he fit into the long-term plans of the Cardinals, you know, and wanting to sign him to a long-term deal, you know? And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Just keep pitching. I think when they traded for, this is my one take on it. I think
2: when they traded for Nolan Arnauto, they entered a window. And I know that sure. there's there's, there's going to be a lot of talk now and over the next couple of years about do the Cardinals consider trading Jack Flaherty? I understand where that talk is coming from, and I think there is probably some validity to having that discussion. But with Nolan Arenado on the roster, the Cardinals are a contender. You don't get better by trading Jack Flaherty. And so there will be a day probably especially going into his final year of his deal if they haven't reached some side of uh, some sort of a contract extension at that point when those are fair questions to ask. I do not think that the Cardinals should even explore that possibility, not only this year, but going into next year either, because they're too good to take that kind
1: of a step back, well, in think, my opinion. And think about it, too. If you go into postseason play and he's back to being just close to where he was the second half of 2019, he is a frontline starter that can win you Game 1, Game 4, Game 7. Right? That's how you win. You got to win with pitching. If you're going to beat the Dodgers, you got you to gotta have a somebody step up like him that's elite to give you a shot. He gives you a shot Right, He gives you a better chance to win right now. I would say, though, this is a big year to get back on track to where he was close to where he was. Now, that that season he had, that second half, was historical. It was mind-boggling how good it was. Bob Gibson-esque. Literally, the numbers were there. I'm not saying he can get back to that. Maybe he can. That'd be great for him and great for the club. But just get back to where every fifth day you think, hey, he's going to give us a great chance to win. And I thought he was there by the end of the season last year. Get back to
2: being a top 10 or so starter in the National League. If, If you can do that, that is what the Cardinals need him to be, because that's a legitimate number one. Whether you want to call it an ace, number one, whatever, we don't have to get into the semantics of it. But that's a legitimate number one starter. And outside of Jack Flaherty. Cardinals don't have another no. legitimate number 1 starter right now on the roster.
1: And I understand why maybe the so-called experts look at the Cardinals and they say, well, it could be a little thin on that that starting rotation. Michaelis' injury, Wainwright's 40, undecided on the fifth starter. I get it, but there are guys there that can fill those spots. But I'll also say this, if Jack Flaherty's right, not many match him in the game. Mm-mm. Most underrated, maybe, in baseball, right? That's what we're going to talk about next. Paul DeYoung's on that list. Any other cardinal? That was the only one. That was the only one. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast, powered by I Promise.
2: With Dan McLaughlin, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the Danny Mac Show with BK. Let's go out to the Brown and and celebrity line. Happy to be joined. By Anthony Kastrovitz. He's a writer over at MLB.com. He wrote just over the weekend the all-underrated team for Major League Baseball joining us here on the show. Now, Anthony, always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm not, not quite uh, as buried in snow as you guys are uh, quite yet here in Cleveland, but we're getting there. We're working on it. Yeah, oh, just wait.
2: We're doing our best to shovel through this thing.
0: (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. That's all we can do.
2: Anthony, let's start with your piece from the weekend. You wrote about the uh, most underrated players in baseball. And here in St. Louis, I think the name that initially stands out for everybody is Paul DeYoung being the shortstop on this list. Uh, How underrated is he in your opinion? Because I think there would be differing opinions here locally. Do, Do you believe that he is among the more underrated players in the sport?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I put him on that list because the way we did that list this year was we just did guys who weren't in MLB Network's top ten at each position, and and DeYoung was not in the top ten. Nor do I necessarily think he should be in the top ten. Just we're we're in a golden age of shortstops, you know, across Major League Baseball, and I think because of that, you know, because of the Lindors and and Correas of the world, um, you know, it's easy to overlook a guy like Paul DeYoung who's just I think a really solid ball player, and I understand that um, in part because of how good his rookie year was. Uh, in St. Louis, I understand that fans want to see more than they've seen from him, uh, particularly offensively, uh, the last few years. But I think if you look at his track record, we haven't. Uh, there, there's a lot of, I think, good excuses built in uh, to uh, from an injury standpoint. Uh, we all know what happened last season with COVID, and, and he was a victim of that as well. Um, so I, I just think there's there's probably more offensive potential there still to be untapped with a you know a fully healthy season and and not being such a focal point of the lineup. I think the Nolan Arnauto trade helps him a lot. Um, Cause I think he's just better cast in other areas of the lineup as opposed to, you know, more towards the middle of the order, but um, you know, good defender uh, posts up. And, uh, and I think there's more with that bat than, than what we've seen the last couple of years.
1: I found your article a lot of fun to read and uh, intriguing. Were there any surprises for you that maybe weren't on the MLB top 10 that made your that, that uh, made your list in your article?
0: uh actually two boston guys i mean I, I don't have like east coast bias before you excuse me of that i live in cleveland ohio but but actually two boston guys like i'm not surprised rafael devers is not in the top 10 third baseman that's another position that's super deep so you can understand how it could come to that but you know devers had an incredible 2019 season uh he was just an extra base hit machine and uh and i know he didn't have as good of a, a 2020 but uh, I'm, I'm more in line with kind of uh Uh, giving people a mulligan for 2020. I think it's just a strange year in a lot of ways. So um, so I think he belongs in the top 10. And and Christian Vasquez, their catcher, I think belongs in the top 10. I think he's... Um, you know, he he's compiled a nice track record there defensively for a while. But, but for the last couple of years, he's been one of the strongest offensive catchers, which is a, a difficult position to get offense from these days.
1: I'm curious, with you being in Cleveland, and this is <clears throat> away from your article just a little bit, you saw Lindor get traded. I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. on our show that uh, the Dodgers have a payroll that would, if you combine five teams, is still greater than their payrolls. I mean, five combined mm-hmm. What's it like in Cleveland to see Lindor leave? And, you know, just in, I know you cover the sport. I read you all the time. It's probably not a great thing for the sport to see the faces of these franchises leave. What do you think?
0: No, it's not. I mean, on some level, like Francisco Lindor going to New York is great for baseball, right? I mean, he's one of the most marketable players in the sport going into the biggest city. But is it good for baseball that the team like Cleveland can't keep, uh, I mean, you. Teams dream about finding a player like that, and and there was really no realistic way they were ever going to keep him. Uh, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. So it's it's frustrating, it's sad, um, and not unexpected at all that uh, they ended up going down that road. If anything, they they probably should have traded him earlier, to be honest, just because if they weren't going to make that kind of financial commitment towards one player, um, you know, you got to maximize the trade value, and it's hard to say that they did in light of the circumstances. Some of that was out of their control with the way the pandemic unfolded, but. You know, they took a risk taking him into 2020 in the first place if they weren't going to build around him. Um, and and then the pandemic hit and, and it just it, it hurt his trade value all the more.
2: We're talking to Anthony Kastrovins here on 101 ESPN. Anthony, as you look across the National League right now, I mean, as Dan just mentioned, the Dodgers are going to be the favorite for everybody. If you're looking at chalk this year in terms of who's going to represent this league, it'll be the Dodgers for sure. Outside of them and the Padres, where do you think that the Cardinals stack up with these other contenders in the league, though?
0: Right now, well, the Cardinals are in an interesting place because uh, the NL Central is just eminently winnable. They're the only team that made any kind of substantial upgrade. Uh, it, you know, the, the the theme in the division this winter was primarily scaling back financially, as opposed to. You know, pushing forward aggressively, and the Cardinals were a part of that too in terms of scaling back uh, financially. But they were able to work out this deal uh, for Arnado, where it, it you know it's a clear upgrade for their lineup and uh, and and doesn't cost them much uh, financially in the near term. So, um, so I, I think they're the favorites. I, I really thought they were the, probably the favorites in the division before the Arnado trade, to be honest with you, just because I thought they had the best pitching depth. I, I think it was one of those divisions where you just kind of shrug your shoulders, you don't know who's going to come out. But now I, I think they're you know, more of a legitimate favorite. I know there's some projections that don't necessarily agree with that, but that's just my opinion. Um, But as far as how they stack up with the elite teams in the national league, no, they don't. I don't think anybody from the NL central does. It's, it's, you know, you have the Padres and Dodgers and you have the Mets and Braves. Those are the four elite teams in the national league. And, and and the Cardinals aren't in that tier, but when you have a legitimate opportunity to win a division and with the way the playoff structure is, that's a big deal, you know, and that, that puts you in a, in a good position uh, come October should you win that division. So um, so it's, it's a strange offseason, to say the least, in a lot of respects, but particularly in the NL Central where, uh, you know, you didn't see much of a competitive effort. But uh, the, the Cardinals trade for Arnato kind of changed that.
1: How do you think uh, Major League Baseball will get through 162? Do, do you have your hopes up mm-hmm. that they can do this, or, or where are you with that as you talk to some of your um, your, your, your yeah. other writers in the game?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic they will. I mean, you don't take anything for granted with this virus and the variants, you know, that, that we're seeing in our country and, and just, you know, things are always changing. So it's hard to ever feel, you know, confident or, or sure about anything. But um, they got through last season despite, uh, you know, the notable outbreaks there in St. Louis and, and uh, with the Marlins. And, and this year, I mean, you know, it, it would have made all the sense in the world to push things back a few weeks. The Players Union fought them on that. Um, which is unfortunate because I think we're just going to be in a much better, I mean, just by default every week, we're in a better position in in terms of vaccinating, um, you know, the populace and and getting that much closer to having fans in the stands and that sort of thing. But, um, they're going to go forward with a kind of normal schedule. And, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of optimism about getting it done. I I don't know what it's going to look like in terms of fan attendance, particularly in the first couple of months of the year. Um, and that's all going to come down to local municipalities, states and, and their roles. But, um, but certainly uh probably a, a better outlook you know going into this season than last season in terms of this actually happening i remember there was a lot of people in the game who were pretty nervous going into last season and a lot of people predicting you know we'd be lucky to get through 10 games and lo and behold despite those those outbreaks they were able to get it done i, I it's going to be another herculean effort this year but I just think we're in a we're trending towards a better place uh, as a country in terms of our grasp on this virus,
2: Anthony. Last year it was the first game of the year. I think the Yankees were playing, and Major League Baseball announced. Hey, by the way, we're expanding the postseason. <laughs> do, do you think that we're going to get an announcement like that this year with either, maybe both, the expanded yeah. playoffs and the DH?
0: I don't know. It's still possible. You know, it's certainly still possible. And yeah, that was, that was unusual. I mean, they were literally warming up in the bullpen before the game and we find out what the playoff format is for that season. So, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't come down to the wire quite like that. Universal DH just, it it makes too much sense not to happen. Um, But sometimes things that make sense don't happen. Um, But uh, it it just, it's silly to go back to pitchers hitting after, uh, you know, after implementing that universal DH last year and in all likelihood, Implementing it in the next collective bargain agreement, which begins next season. So, we would have this weird middle year here where we go back to pitchers hitting and they haven't done it in more than a year and they really shouldn't be doing it anyway. So, um, you know, I know maybe there's some people in St. Louis who differ with that opinion, but I heard from a lot of National League fans who kind of adjusted pretty quickly uh, to, to having a legitimate hitter uh, in that spot as opposed to a pitcher as far as the expanded postseason goes, it's another one that you, you certainly wish they could come to some sort of agreement, but it's all, you know, it's all bargaining and uh, the, the players union was, you know, in, in no mind to uh, to bargain much uh, prior to, uh, you know, spring training here. But it's another thing that, that probably makes sense for the industry and there's money to be made for both sides. So, you know, you hope to, it can come to some agreement and maybe that's Maybe they work together with Universal DH, but uh, I don't think anything's off the table right now. uh, To answer your question, I think there's still possibility for both of those things.
1: What's the thought around the game about Mike Schilt? I'm curious about what you think from a national writer's perspective and and Mm -hmm. watching Mike and what he's done in a brief time here in St. Louis. I think he's absolutely tremendous, but what's your take on watching him?
0: I I love uh, what what he's done there, and, and I love just, the opportunity he got there to be honest with you i mean there's a, a pure baseball guy who who came up in the more traditional sense in, in terms of his ascension to a major league managerial position and we haven't seen that as much in, in in MLB we've we've seen teams take chances on you know more inexperienced skippers or more analytical skippers guys who work in tandem you know with the front office and not to say that he doesn't but um, that's more of a traditional baseball man who who came up and, and had a role in the organization and, and was valued within the organization and then got an, uh, the opportunity of a lifetime and has really run with it, you know? Um, so I, I, I think it's good to see. Anthony,
2: last question that I've got for you here. What do you find most interesting about this Cardinals team? I mean, we, we talk about them all day, every day. What do you find most interesting about the Cardinals heading into 2021?
0: I think it's the outfield. I I think it's just, you know, there's going to be a lot of criticism about going with what they have in-house and the young guys and and on top of that trading away Dexter Fowler. So a lot of, you know, just uncertainty in in terms of experience, you know, in that outfield. I think it's very easy to get swept up again in the results of a shortened season. Um, and, And I think it's very easy to, you know, Play down the up the upside potential. I mean, you can sometimes we we dream too much about young players and what they accomplish. Sometimes we don't give them enough credit, you know. And and sometimes they're better than what's out there in free agency or the trade market. Um, you know, the the worn tires that are out there. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm still bullish on Dylan Carlson. You know, I still think he's going to be a, a a big piece for them moving forward. But we got to see it, you know, for for all those younger guys uh, on, on that Cardinal roster. We there's still a lot to be proven at the big league level. So. Um, I'm not saying it was right or wrong to, to go with this approach. I just, I, I certainly think it's the most interesting thing about the team because it's a clear area of, of a potential upgrade. Um, and they did upgrade their lineup. They just happened to do it in the infield as opposed to the outfield.
2: Would you be interested in seeing them sign a left-handed bat to go with that outfield? Do you think that's something they should do in your opinion?
0: Yeah, I do. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, no, I don't think it's gonna happen on a major league contract. There's still some interest. I mean, there's a lot of inventory out there in general, um, with free agency, it's just, you know, it's these are probably in all likelihood low impact players who are going to get predominantly minor league deals. So the Cardinals could still be uh, in that realm of, of free agency here uh, in the coming days and weeks. But um, as, as, far, as far as, you know, major league signings, major league opportunities clear, you know, clearly on the roster, I, I think what you see is what you get right now.
2: He's Anthony Castrovins. Find his work over at MLB.com. You can follow him on Twitter at his last name, Kastrovitz, C-A-S-T-R-O-V-I-N-C-E. Anthony, we always appreciate the time, my friend. All the best to you and yours, and we'll talk with you
1: on the other side of this snowstorm, man.
0: All right, guys. Sounds good.
1: Thank you very much. You too. Uh, Interesting. I I love DeYoung being on the underrated list, especially when you consider the contract. I mean, BK, if you really... Have you, I know you love numbers and the money and the contracts. Have you really taken a deep dive into that? It's amazing. It, it's a hell it's of a deal. why the
2: Cardinals do what they do with these, these contracts that they were able to give to young players, buying out the arbitration years, yep. getting a couple of years added onto the end of that deal, especially when their team options, we saw it with Colton Wong, that deal was a value for the Cardinals, basically the entire term of the deal and then finally at the back end, they decided to opt out of it because that's what they can do whenever they sign these deals early on.
1: All right. I'm going to switch gears here. We're going to take this up until probably the top of the hour. I'm going to switch gears here. Tom Brady threw, I, I, I don't know if you saw this story. So he, I know you saw him throw the Lombardi trophy, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, of course. So he throws the Lombardi trophy. I thought it was kind of funny. No damage, no harm, no foul. Everybody has a few giggles. The trophy's fine, lands in the other boat, everybody's good, except there is one lady that is not happy about this trophy three being thrown.
0: It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset because I I know the, the passion that goes into this trophy and how... My dad and all all his fellow silversmiths are so proud to make this. I personally would like an apology. Oh. Not just to me and Mm -hmm. my family and the other silversmiths, um, but to the the fans.
1: For the silversmiths across the world, Mm -hmm. they are owed an apology because Tom threw that trophy. That was the daughter of the silversmith that created the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. She's fired up. She hasn't slept over this. I mean, it's a it's multiple a, days. Multiple days. 48 hours eyes wide open over this because it's been traumatic.
2: It would be as if my fiance threw her engagement ring now, that's across different. to another another boat. I mean, it's it's
1: basically the equivalent for her. That's different. That's true love. This is the Lombardi trophy. Now, Dan oh, a contraire. it is the same. This is clearly true love for her as well. So
2: I think we have a disagreement so here. So
1: when I first saw this, uh, I was like flipping through the channels, and I, I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I wanted to talk about it today. So when I'm flipping through the channels, I thought it was a joke. I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. It's gotta yeah, be. Yeah. It's gotta be a spoof, like it's an SNL spoof. Mm-hmm. No, this was true. She was very upset. I think you have to relax a little bit. Nothing happened to the trophy and everybody's fine. So if now, if the trophy had sunk to the bottom of the water, okay, now maybe we have a conversation about it, but it didn't. So what's the problem? Do you have a problem with what Tom Brady did? Uh, No, of course course not. not. Um, Who cares? this
2: This was one of the most humanizing things Tom Brady has ever done. First, throwing the Lombardi trophy to another boat while on a parade Naturally, uh, in the middle of the bay, that was the first thing. Second thing, him waddling over after that. Now that's another story. Struggling to get back (laughs) to a car, not I would imagine him driving, but struggling to get back to his driver's car. Uh, Yeah, that was a, in my opinion, a fond moment, a fond memory that we will have of Tom Brady. But I am not the lady whose father put together the Lombardi Trophy. So
1: clearly, we have differing opinions on the matter. I didn't care. When I first saw it, I, I, when I first saw the video of Brady do it, I thought, whoa, okay, that's a little out of character for Brady, but he's being humanized since he, he went to Tampa Bay. Would you agree with that? Like, he's he looks more of like a human being. I now. like
2: the guy, Dan, and it really bothers me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because for 20 years, he was the villain in my life. I was a Chiefs fan. He's with the Patriots, and he kicks my team's butt every season, and I hate him because they are the evil empire up in New England, and they don't have fun. It's buttoned up. He goes down to Tampa. He starts having a little bit more fun. He's with Bruce Arians, who is the personification of old man fun. Yeah. And now I like him. And I don't know what to do with myself because I find my I found myself rooting for him in the Super Bowl against my team, which
1: I don't like doing. Now, Rob Manfred might say it was a piece of metal. That's a good point. He might not care. Why should you care? It's a piece of metal, right? I hope that this woman, I hope her father
2: has nothing to do with the Stanley Cup. Because I can't imagine what her reaction would be to some of the things that have happened to that trophy. Oh, cannot even imagine.
1: Uh, We get a text here from the 614 from an hour south of Cleveland. Lifelong uh, Cleveland sports fan. After moving Lindor, I'm done with the Indians franchise. I'm now a full Cardinals backer for their fans. Ownership organization puts a product on the field worth watching. I got a feeling that there's going to be a lot in Colorado that are like that. It's going to take time, man. When you trade away those type of players, those are generational type players. Now, Boston might be a little bit different with Mookie Betts because they're going to spend more
2: inexcusable what Boston
1: did. I would agree. That's that's the most inexcusable thing that we've seen in baseball in the last two years. Mookie Betts right there with maybe Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout's in a stratosphere all himself, but then it's Mookie Betts in my mind. Although Mookie Betts might be there before it's all said and done. Who knows? Probably not. But you get the point. He's really good. He's awesome. And you trade him away. Now, the thing that Boston will do, though, is they're going to spend some money and probably turn the thing around fairly quickly. Would you agree with that?
2: But if you're going to spend the money, spend it on, at worst, the second best player in the sport. Like, I'm with you. I agree. They're probably going to do exactly that. Imagine if instead of, they're probably going to re sign Jackie Bradley Jr. Instead of having Jackie Bradley Jr. and some random free agent pitcher. Imagine if you had, you know, the second best player in the sport, like you upgrade that way.
1: Think about their outfield. What's happened? That's gone. Ben and Tendi and Bradley. Wow. That's a lot. Along with Bogarts. uh, I mean, they
2: they had a stud team ready to go for them Yeah, and they
1: blew it up, which I'm still trying to kind of figure out why. You know, I, I, you know, I, I David get it. You Price,
2: it. Chris Sale, yeah, like you, you, you had it ready to go. It, you, you built it and it was ready,
1: and then you blew it up. Right, preemptively didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, okay, by the way, we have uh, hockey today and this President's Day, which, by the way, this date in 2011, Stan the man got his Presidential uh, Medal of Freedom from President Obama back in 2011. Blues Coyotes coming up pregame at two with Alex Ferrario. You're coming up with Alex Ferrario. What are you guys talking about? Indeed.
2: So at 1130, the new Cardinals beat writer for Cardinals.com is going to join us. His name's Zachary Silver. He's already done some really good work, so I'm interested to talk to him about what he finds most intriguing about this Cardinals team. He's going to join us at 1130. At 1230, the manager for the Cardinals, Mike Schilt, will be joining the show.
1: All right. Looking forward to it. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I-Promise.
2: On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era when the NFL debuts in Germany, live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucs.
1: Touchdown Tampa Bay!
2: DK and the Seahawks.
1: What's the ball up. Making a
2: catch! Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday Morning Football live from munich Come on, right now. sunday at 9:30 a.m eastern only on
1: nfl network
0: peloton let's go this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors
2: we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season
0: you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga try peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial